1: Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm PJ Doran. I'm Dave Sulecki. And this week we'll be talking to road racer, flat track racer extraordinaire, Dallas
2: Daniels. In MXGP, we've got results from Spain home rider, Jorge Prado, whole shot his home race in the first moto, followed closely by Romain Fabra, who's been on fire this year. Fabra passed Prado about halfway through the moto and just led it straight away and beating just about everybody to the checkered flag. And Moto2, Prado, whole shot again and then led for 10 laps before. Jeffrey Hurlings, as we like to call him, the bullet came muscling past. Tim Geiser was kind of missing from the action, but he closed it out in second in that second moto. So really, in that MXGP class, it was exciting racing. Real tight points battle. Romain Fabra has been on fire lately just absolutely hot. And uh, we're really start, starting to see things tighten up. Right now, Jeffrey Hurlings has got about a 13-point lead on Romain Fabra. So uh, watch that one come down to the wire. In MX2 racing, uh, really, it's been all-time Vial lately. Pulls two hole shots in both motos, but does not win the overall. Uh, actually, Maxime Renault fought his way back past Vial and went 2-1 for the overall. So Renault really got a just a handle on the series. He's leading by 108 points over uh, his teammate, Iago Geertz. So that MX2 class, still exciting racing, but not as close. From the penultimate round of World Superbike at Argentina, Top Rock,
1: Razgatliagli comes out by adding points to his current series lead. We've only got one more round. He's sitting on a 30 point advantage after a weekend of racing that saw him take first place in both race one in the super pole race. And he was on the podium in race two behind Redding and Ray Rosgat's main competitor, Jonathan Ray. He came out a little mixed on the weekend, giving up again another six points to Razgatlioglu, leaving him 30 points adrift in the season total. There are, of course, 62 points available at the final round, which we're looking forward to. We've got a month before that happens, so look forward to the end of that series. It's going to be a nail biter. Other big news moto america has released their 2022 calendar and that will include and start at daytona big news at bike week moto america will now be affiliated with the daytona 200 and events at the daytona speedway in march and additionally we're gonna see six rounds this year six count them rounds of king of the baggers action starting at that event in Daytona in March. So look forward to next season with Moto America.
2: This week's industry spotlight, we've got news out of American Honda that they've announced a new team manager. Uh, Lars Lindstrom has been promoted to the position Longtime uh, team leader, Eric Kehoe, will be retiring. He's gonna help him transition into the role, but uh, it was really interesting because I think Lars is an interesting rider back in the day and he's a guy who's worked his way up through the organization to take the role as the team manager. He started out as a shop assistant and he worked his way through as a mechanic, worked in the parts room, engine tech, suspension tech and special projects. So really a guy who's seen the organization from bottom to top. Kudos to him and congratulations on taking this new role.
1: And big time, congrats to Kehoe for making it all the way to retirement. The guy is a legend of racing, isn't he, Dave? He's been around forever. We all know him. He started life as a racer, right?
2: That's absolutely correct. And a very good one, won some championships for Honda. So for him to stay on with the company and and close out his career there is just a great story and you love to hear it in this industry.
1: This week's moment in moto history was made by Dallas Daniels when he became the first ever two-time winner of the AFT Singles Class Championship. No rider has ever successfully defended their title, so kudos to our next guest, Dallas Daniels. Welcome to the show today, Dallas Daniels. Thank you for taking the time, Dallas. How you doing? What's up today, defending title holder?
3: Oh, not much. I want to thank you guys very much for uh, having me back on the show. It's really cool. Uh, I really enjoyed doing it last time, but uh, just enjoying some time off. You know, the the season was long and and it was uh, definitely tough and demanding on the body and, and on the mind. So just taking some time off, enjoying time with friends and family and just enjoying
1: it. Where does a reigning and now defended champion go immediately? Are you off to Disneyland or anything cool like that, or is it stay at home and just recharge the batteries?
3: <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, didn't go on any crazy vacation or go to Disney or anything like that. Just uh, came home and just as I'm relaxing right now, I actually went and did a, a motocross race this last weekend just to have some fun. I, I enjoy riding my motorbike a bit and riding pit bikes with my buddies. They got a fun, fun day plan coming up this weekend. So just uh no, just enjoying time at home. The weather's beautiful right now and right before it gets cold, it's usually nice this time of year. So just enjoying the weather.
1: As a singles racer, you are on a bike that we know there are a lot of indoor indoor flat track events throughout the off season or what is your off season is the on season for some other series are you going to be racing through the winter and your downtime or is that something you don't think about until a little later
3: as a racer I, I like to race anytime i can so it's uh you know wherever races are whether they're indoors or you know there's usually some races in the carolinas and florida during the winter when the weather gets cold up here i'll probably end up down south in the winter so i can do my training like i did these last few years and Yeah, I'll be hitting as many races as I can. I feel that as a racer, to stay sharp with your skills and stuff, you need to be racing all the time. So I'm racing whenever I can.
2: So I see you also got to uh, try some other classes this last summer, Dallas. You, obviously, the Twins champ, but uh, you got to spend some time on a production twin. And talk about that and uh, what that was like.
3: Atlanta was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. Um, We had talked about, you know, obviously, I really wanted to do Springfield. And maybe a couple other races if I could But I was actually in California With my teammate Mikey Rush Doing some training out there And my dad called me and he says Hey, would what do you think about riding a twin in Atlanta? And I said, oh, well, that sounds pretty cool and He's like, would you do it? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course I'd do it And he's like, okay And he hung off the phone and I'm like, oh, all right Maybe, I don't know I don't know what, he, what he's doing And then a few days later uh, Our team manager, Tommy, gave me a call And he says, all right, you're signed up and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sweet <laughs> And then um, for Port Royal and Springfield, the team had been making some changes to the chassis and to the engine, and they wanted a test rider to try it, not somebody that was in a championship. So they put me on and let me try it, and it was an honor to do it for them. And obviously, the bike's pretty good in that class. I think in the Super Twins class, it still needs a little bit of work, but it was a ton of fun to ride.
2: Oh, I bet it was. And uh, it makes me wonder, I mean, as much fun as you're having out there, what... uh of all the tracks in the series, which which type are your favorite? I'm not going to force you to to name a favorite facility, but, you know, you guys hit long tracks, short tracks, TTs. Really, you're an all-around rider. Which, which type do you like the most?
3: I mean, me personally, growing up, I did a lot of motocross and a lot of TT-type tracks. Like, I love TTs. Uh, Peoria is probably all-out my favorite track. I know a lot of people are probably surprised to hear that from what happened there but crashes can happen anywhere but that's for sure my favorite place to go but I got to say after riding the Springfield Mile uh you know I really enjoy the miles more especially on the bigger bike on the Twin they're definitely a lot more fun than on a 450 but I mean even at Sacramento on the 450 I had a ton of fun so I'm definitely the TTs are for sure my favorite but I'm definitely starting to like the miles more as I start to get some more experience
1: you mentioned the big bike Dallas and that's uh would be my next question. You've clearly shown that you are a dominant force in the singles class, no small feat. And again, you've hit the record books because you're the only guy who's ever done this twice in a row. So huge congratulations on that front. Are you looking at riding the big bike? Is that put together? What's next year look like for you? I would think you'd be the guy somebody wants on a big bike going to the premier class.
3: Yeah, well, thank you. and you know i've gotten that question a lot pretty much since the last race ended obviously it's been awesome to race in the 450 class on the yamaha tim is tim essenson's given me a great opportunity and this is a, a dream of mine and i couldn't imagine riding for any better team and obviously my big you know i i have bigger goals and bigger dreams and that's to be super twins grand national champion so You know i don't want to stay in the 450 class as much as i enjoy riding one i want to move up and conquer my next goals if i can and so i mean i'm not sure next year i don't know what next year looks like i mean nothing's concrete obviously the season just ended i'm kind of weighing out my options and stuff so i'm not sure what i'm going to do yet kind of just waiting for the pieces to fall into place and we'll see what happens
1: that astenson team is an amazing organization you've got some killer teammates and much like your teammate, you have some road racing background, uh, correct?
3: Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, a little bit.
1: <laughs> and are you looking at doing any of that in the future? Is that just not a consideration in the current market, uh, the way things are working? Because clearly, AFT's got a program that's working for you.
3: Yeah, I really enjoy road racing. The small time that I did it professionally, it was um, I really enjoyed it, and I really love doing it. And I would love to do some more in the future. And there's no doubt that here in the future, I'll have a a bike and do track days and club races at least, you know, just to go out and have some fun. And I think it's good cross training. You know, it's what you do on the road race bike helps with the dirt track bike and vice versa and whatever. So I don't see myself doing any road racing here in the future, at least in America. Just unfortunately, American road racing is not in the best spot right now for rides. So uh, I have a great opportunity here in Flat Track and that's where my heart is. And that's what I've been doing my whole life. So, you know, I plan to stay here for as long as I can.
2: Dallas you're on a strong team no doubt and you're surrounded by you know a lot of experience I think with guys like JD Beach and even your team manager Tommy Hayden I mean there's there's a lot of good guys to lean on who's in your program that's that's that you can lean on to get you to that next level that helps with your training
3: uh you know obviously JD is is a great teammate to have just because of his experience and stuff but to be honest there's a couple guys uh on oh, my crew chief james hart he's an ex-racer ex-national number he has a lot of experience and he's uh pretty much my right hand man at the track like he's my guy we bounce stuff off each other he works on my bikes you know you know also my dad my dad's been there done that he's gotten me to this point and he's a big obviously everybody says their parents have sacrificed a bunch to help them get here but my dad and my mom truly have and my dad knows a lot about racing but to be honest, like you said, at the top of that list has got to be Tommy Hayden. I mean, he's like been pretty much like a uncle or a big brother to me, guided me in the way that I can. And if I have any advice, I I bounce it off him. Like even, even like, and this is going to sound weird, but even if I'm not sure if I should get a haircut, like I'm like, hey, Tommy, you think this is a good idea? Like I literally ask him, take everything through him because he's, he's just got such great wisdom and such great advice. and. Yeah, he's very smart. The
1: whole Hayden clan is known for their ability to uh to help people on their way up. They've been doing it from their dad on down. Their their dad and their mom especially have have helped so many young racers. Uh the list is endless, it seems. When did you start racing, Dallas?
3: Well, my dad raced and his dad raced, so I'm a third generation racer. When I was about three, I started riding, but uh, you know, you can't be you can't race ama legally until you're four so i was four years old when i first raced my first race is actually at springfield springfield short track so which is about an hour from my hour and a half from my house so that's why kind of why springfield is such a special place to me and it's more or less my home track there's tracks closer to my home but i count that as my home track like i love that place and you know just been racing ever since your dad, you mentioned
1: uh, a couple times, is he still a big part of your uh, racing program now that you've got, you, you know, you're clearly on an established and dominant racing team. The Essenson team is well known for the efforts they put out. Is your dad still a big part of that or does he get to take a step back and spectate a little more?
3: Oh, no, my dad is a huge part and uh, most of my success on a 450. He runs the whole 450 team. The bikes go back to my parents' house at our at my parents shop and you know i watch my dad work on the bikes all week i help him load the truck you know i even help him work on the bike sometimes when he needs it just because sometimes it's just him by himself but no i mean it's not like when i signed the deal he just stepped back and was dad and got a regular job they hired him as well and i would say and arguably he's a big part of mikey rush's success as well as much as he had you know all the podiums he had to row this year he won a race last year top five in the championship so and no, he's still a huge part, not just myself, the team.
1: Yeah, that's an impressive effort you guys have put together. You also mentioned uh, what Tommy Hayden. His role is, is it team manager or is it race manager? I guess uh, that maybe is a fine line.
3: Director of operations. He oversees everything. They have uh, other people below him to to manage. You know, you know, you've got the team owner. Then you got Tommy that's kind of directing everything. And then people underneath him that kind of, Direct the people even below them, if that makes sense. So, he just kind of oversees the whole deal and helps get sponsors and and helps us get all of our parts and stuff like that. He's just kind of the you know the man under T- Tim's right hand man that helps with everything.
2: So you mentioned at the open that you were taking some time off and relaxing. and I always want to ask racers what their hobbies are. So I'm going to ask you that question. I know you mentioned pit bikes and a little bit of motocross. Are there any other hobbies that uh, that make you happy when you're not going around a circle?
3: To be honest, I don't. I don't have many uh, hobbies. I pretty much eat, sleep, and breathe racing. When I'm not racing, I'm watching racing, working on race bikes, talking about racing. Like when I say racing is my life, like I don't. You know, I'm not sugarcoating it at all. Like you know, I like to hang out with my friends, and you know, I like to go swimming in the summer and go out on the lake or whatever like normal people do. But to be honest, if I'm not racing, I'm probably riding a. I'm probably riding some other discipline, or riding a pit bike, or working on bikes, or hanging out and watching stuff about bikes. So that's pretty much all my hobbies.
2: <laughs> well, then we need to have a PJ uh, Dallas Daniels wheelie off just to see who uh, can hold it longer. <laughs>
1: I bet you Dallas crushes and destroys me as he is the definition of a pro racer. Wheelies are uh, back pocket stuff for a guy like him. He's probably got more miles and victory wheelies than I do wheelies as a total, I'm guessing, as well. Uh, sure. there's a lot of guys from your age group your generation right dallas that have really held dominance in both road racing and flat track i mean who are some of the guys that you compare yourself to that you grew up with that you're still seeing at the racetrack
3: well i mean dirt track that list is a little bit easier to make than road racing just because my time in road racing was shorter but i mean like dirt track like the guys that i would say like kind of my graduating class was like brandon kitchen and trent Lowe, and like Trent Lowe is riding for Wally Brown Suzuki and he's gotten a couple of podiums, been close to some wins. Brandon Kitchen has a win. He's had a couple of podiums. And I mean, you know, other guys that I kind of grew up racing with, like Tanner Dean, some of the younger guys in that class, Cody Cop, I've done a little bit of racing with, kids coming up like Chase Sadoff. I haven't done much racing with him, but I've kind of let he's kind of like a kid I've looked after and kind of had under my wing and tried to guide him as much as I can. Like, don't like do as I say not as i do like learn from my mistakes if i've had any and stuff like that so but road racing you know when i i kind of came in a little late but uh you know obviously rocco landers we had quite a bit of battles kevin almedo my buddy t Cobb's ben glotti those kind of guys which you know most of them guys have moved up to 600s i think besides ben but you know road racing is a little harder to say just because i didn't spend my whole life over there kind of like i did racing but Honestly, too, in dirt track, there's a lot of guys that I grew up racing with on little bikes that don't race anymore and never really made it to the professional rankings. But I think you see that a lot. Kids sometimes excel on the little bikes and don't quite make it to the big bikes. Either they have other interests or they crash really hard and don't want to do it anymore. So, But, you know, those guys that I named are definitely probably the closest.
1: So Dallas, you've got some time off. When do you get back at really serious counting the calories all the things that we know a pro racer such as yourself does living at the gym and and incorporating uh training into every aspect of your life how long do you give yourself before you have to flip the switch and go back to pro racer mode
3: well you know i mean definitely taking time off is is fun not having to do anything and you can kind of eat some junk food and do whatever you want but to be honest like when racing is your life like it is mine the days are pretty boring when you don't uh, have some training or some riding to do so i usually give you know like usually right after our race season we have this cool pit bike race that we do and i usually take the week or two off leading up to those to be able to help get the track ready and get my bike ready and stuff like that and then after that i pretty much start working myself back into training i don't get full like on the grind stuff like that like counting the calories like you said like i just kind of start easing my way back into it and then by the time I head down to Florida, you know, right around Christmas time, then those three months leading up to the season opener are tough. You know, like you're pushing yourself to the limit, riding moto three, four times a week, like on the bicycle, training uh, at the gym. You know, when you hang out with guys like J.D. Beach, like like that guy knows how to train. And so you just kind of follow him around and you definitely you definitely push it to your limits so a few times. You want to, you know, it's not as fun in the moment, but it, I mean, you got to, you got to suffer at some point. If you don't suffer during the week, you suffer on the weekend. So you gotta, you just got to put in the work. There's no way around it.
1: Do you have any involvement at say race schools of that nature? I know guys of your caliber are highly sought after at any of the number of be it flat track schools, uh, or other types of motorcycle riding racing schools. Are you involved with any of those?
3: Really? The only one I'm involved with is moto anatomy and Johnny Lewis. I've been, uh, I've been real good friends with Johnny since shoot probably 2013, 2014, when I was young. He's more or less a big brother to me. I went and stayed at his property this last winter and any schools he had, I just helped. And it's not that I really even help uh like coach people because he's the best at that, I believe. I just kinda am there if he needs me. Like if he if he's explaining something and nobody everybody's having a hard time understanding, I'll go out and show him. I kind of ride for him so he can just watch and not have to ride himself i'm kind of you know i kind of give him some help and for that he helps me with my racing and lets me stay and ride his tracks so it works hand in hand
1: That's cool. Johnny Lewis is, of course, a racing legend, as we all know, and you're right. He's one of the best instructors, teachers of all things moto. That's a good guy to be involved with, and it's got to be a hoot going down there. Dallas, we're sadly getting near the end of our time talking to you. We want to give you, as, again, the reigning two-time champ, plenty of opportunity to thank any of your sponsors, people, friends whoever it is that have helped you along the way that you haven't mentioned already we want to give you a chance to give them a shout out
3: first of all just want to give a big thanks to Essenson, and yamaha monster energy tim essenson and tommy hayden those guys uh man they they've given me the opportunity of a lifetime and they've guided me in the in the direction of success obviously and i can't thank them enough uh tim and tracy essenson owners of essence and racing they're just amazing people and i'm super glad that they're giving back to the sport like this and giving people like me an opportunity to showcase the talent you know be able to do this as a job our team sponsors or my team sponsors rye dionese motion pro odi grips vortex 518 design henson want to give a big thanks to gene and gail cummings there's some old folks out of california that come on and help me out a little bit this year obviously my parents my sister my crew chief james hart and we got a lot of people on the team as well um team members that don't get credit, like our electronics guy, Scotty's a computer whiz basically. And uh, Caleb working on trying to get these new twins going pretty good. He's a good, another guy involved with the technology and the development of the bike. Davey Jones, man, I mean, I know I'm forgetting some people. Our truck driver, Joey, just uh, everybody on the team. I mean, that team is amazing and we all have so much fun and it's it's a lot of fun to work with them. Also, I want to give a big thanks to Mike Butler Racing. He's the best steel shoes in the business. If you need any steel shoes, he's the guy to go to for sure. Oakley, just everybody involved with the program. This program's amazing, and I wouldn't want to be a part of anything else.
1: Well, thank you, Dallas Daniels. We want to say congratulations again to you and Team Essence and Monster Energy Yamaha for your absolutely amazing and record-setting success this 2021 season. Congrats again. We look forward to talking to you and seeing what happens with your career next season.
3: All right. Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it.
1: In upcoming road racing news, we've got the GP from Italy, the Circuit Misano 1024. That's the third of the last
2: three races of the season. GNCC's final event takes place at Ironman in Crawfordsville, Indiana. You're gonna to wanna to watch, to to watch this race because uh, the last round there was a points change due to some track cutting that may or may not affect the final tally, so we'll see. Check that out October 23rd and 24th. The MXGP of Italy in Trentino, October 24th. Thank you again to our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com where you can check out our blog.
1: This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Hoverson, Chris Bishop, our producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ Doran. I'm Dave Sulecki. We'll see you next week. Have a wheelie good time.
0: Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minterdial a veteran of the paddle tennis world and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle or padel as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players